1: Yeah. Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner Brett Boone as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to, to bat, bat, Brett Boone. You said something that was really cool. That slow the ability to slow the game down mm. looked like everything was in slow motion. And believe me, late, especially. You know, I'd watch you guys because man, I even though I was a Mariner, I loved watching that Yankee-Boston rival. I, That's I right. It was cool. I think all of us did, you know, that were playing at that time. Mm-hmm. But you had that ability, and I I used to watch it. I said, Big Poppy, look how, you know, I'd be talking to other players, especially left-handed hitters, young players. I said, see how he almost slows the game down? I think the greatest I've ever seen at slowing the game down was Bonds. In, in the early doubt. 2000s, I I, we, I watch Barry Bonds, and you know I get I talk about Who's him all the, the time. <laughs> is it what? Now tell all right. This is David Ortiz. Tell tell the people out there, and people don't understand when they debate about great hitters and great players. I said, let me tell you this: there's a lot of great players. I played with and against a lot of great players. I said, but Barry Bonds. Another he league. Was, he was playing softball, and the rest of us were playing big league baseball. <laughs> tell, tell the, tell the people listening to the Boot Cup Podcast how good he was.
0: Listen, when you talk about Barry Bone, you talking about something that I don't think in our lifetime we're gonna see again. I don't see. There's not one player in the game that I can tell you, hmm, that guy can be like Barry Bone. And let me tell you, not not during our time. And now during this time, I don't see anyone being like Barry Bones. because Barry Bonds, what people don't realize about Barry, he was very unique. And let me tell you, you you thinking about a guy like Ken Griffey Jr. who was, I would say, I would say Griff, I would say Jr. and I'm talking about. Offensively, right, because defensively, Junior wasn't another level. We all know that, mm-hmm. but we also know that Junior wasn't another level offensively. But once you hit Barry Bones on that category, <laughs> Barry Bone was the type of guy that if you give him something to hit on the plate, it wasn't gonna be a hit. It's a homer, it's a home run. Let me tell you a guy that he 540 home run in the big league is telling you right now, right here, the Barry bone in the history of baseball have to be the most dangerous over anyone in the history of baseball batter that I have ever seen in my life. His approach was, I mean, I talked to pitchers that face him we the really. I talked to Gagne.
1: Yeah.
0: Who, in his best day, he said, on his own word, it was impossible. I mean, you know that a guy that can go from 100 to 69 had the ability to get you out no matter what. He said, with Barry, it was difficult. He seems like his timing was better than anybody I have seen. I remember Barry, one time we were playing in San Francisco. I always talk about this. At the time we have in the bullpen, Alan Embry, I don't know if you remember Alan Embry. He was remember. one of the few guys that used to throw 100 back then. Right. And we brought him from the bullpen to face, we we, we were playing, a, a, I think it was a three or four game series down in San Francisco. And the first day, like in the 6th or 17th inning, uh, the manager, was uh, uh, he brought in uh, Alan Embry to face Barry, and Barry hit a fly ball that took three hours to come down. Next I he walked, and when he got to first bay, I, I told him, damn, man, you just missed that pitch huh?" He's like, mm-mm, I didn't miss it. I wasn't ready for it. But, Papi, <laughs> I'm going to see him again, and I'm going to be ready for it. Very next day, Bunny, same situation. Here comes Alan Embry to face Barry, same pitch. He hit that ball so far, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling i will tell you. like, this I'm glad
1: you were seeing exactly what I was seeing because people don't understand that weren't there watching him. When I tell people, you know, they wanted to, and there are so many great players today, but I said, you don't understand this. I said, Barry Bonds in his day, there is not a player I could find that could hit behind him because they're just going to walk him. Mm-hmm. They, I've never seen pitchers that scared of a hitter. I've never seen the whole thing. It got so bad that. My grandfather, who passed away about 20 years ago and played in the 40s and the 50s. Now, yeah, he played from 47 and he retired in 1959. And he is so proud of his generation. He played with Ted Williams his last year in Boston, and he would boom. Oh, he'd tell me, he goes, Brad, uh, Ted Williams, greatest hitter ever walked this earth. I mm-hmm. say, Gramps, I'll tell you what, this Barry Bonds guy, he's really good. The day before he died, Poppy, he said to me, he couldn't talk. And he was, he was writing on it. They had a notepad for him and he and he he wrote a note. He said, Jake Peavy, he's got a chance to be a good player, Brett. And he said, Yes, you're correct. Barry Bonds is a better hitter than Ted Williams. And my grandpa said that, and I knew right then, David. (laughs) I said, that man's going to die. He ain't coming back to live this down.
0: (laughs) That's how good Barry Bonds was, the fact that Ray Boone admitted it. I'm telling you, I don't care what anybody say. To me, Barry Bonds, I mean, you can have the best breaking ball, the best cutter, the best changeup. The best fastball, the best slider. This guy got zero (laughs) hole. Like I like, well, numbers don't lie. Look at his number: two hundred walks in a season. Who in the hell get that treatment?
1: How about six hundred on base percentage? Six thirteen. It's still it's like little league stuff. It's like little league stuff.
0: You know, I mean, you know how it is. People are always you know, say what they want to say or whatever, but as a baseball player, we yeah. know what it takes, you know, to be that good. Yeah. And I talking about and I'm not just talking about a good here. You talk about a guy that stole many bases in his prime in his early days, you know, I mean, Barry did it all, man. So to me, I don't think at that at that level, I think it's just him.
1: Yeah. Uh, 2003. You go to Boston, and I was there for that first playoff run. Your first year, you hit 31. You go 101. You ended up, you ended up driving in I've been and going over this, getting ready for this show. I went. I said, "Damn, he drove in hundred. You drove in hundred ten times. This is this is the first year you did it." 2003. I remember that postseason because I was in the booth with Fox when when my little brother hit that home run That's off right. you guys off off Wake, and that was that was a part of that that's when the rivalry was at its best and that's when pedro was drilling people uh-huh. and i remember i said i had to say on air you know you know when you're a player you you do the commentary now you're you're with fox now yeah but when you're playing it's a little bit different to be the it's commentator different. I remember I was in the booth 2003. We had won. My Mariner team had won 94 games and Fox was saying uh, they wanted me to come in the booth. And I'm like, I really, you know, I disappointed we didn't get to go to the postseason. But Aaron was playing for the Yankees. I said, all right, I'll go to New York. I'll get to watch my brother play. So I remember Pedro and that's what he I forget who he drilled. But I'm sitting up in the booth and Buck and McCarver, they turn to me and they say, yeah. well, Booney, did Pedro hit him on purpose? And I'm going. I got to face Pedro in like three months. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think I know. He did it. <laughs> I know he's down in the, I know he's down in the locker room watching me. What I'm going to say right now. Yeah. But I can't lie that much. I said, "Of course he hit him." <laughs> and they said, "What do you mean?" I said. Pedro Martinez doesn't miss that bad. Of course he hit him. And I came, right. I came up with Pedro. Me and Pedro came up together. We were at AAA. He was in Albuquerque. I was in Calgary in the PCL. So I've been playing against Pedro my whole life. That's right. The, nec- the next day, I walk through your clubhouse because I got to go meet with your skipper for the pregame. Uh-huh. And Pedro's in the back. He goes, hey, Booty, I didn't hit him on purpose. <laughs> and I said... St- <laughs> And now all it's David, all it's going through my mind is son of a bitch, I gotta face this guy like three or four months. I don't want to get <laughs> drilled. So it was tough for me. Uh, I remember doing this the, the thing, you know, Aaron hits the home run. One of the coolest moments as a brother that you could possibly That's have right. because he, right. he was having a rough postseason. I know, man. But 94, uh, that goes into 04. And this is the year when when finally Boston and it one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen you guys being down 03 uh to the Yankees and I'm talking about 04 now and coming back and winning that and I to this day they're like what are the most impressive things you've seen in sports I said in 2004 when the Boston Red Sox were down 03 to the New York Yankees at the, when that rivalry with that was at its height to come back and not only beat them and then go uh Go sweep the Cardinals and win the first World Series, get rid of the curse of the Bambino, all that stuff. I said, that's the most impressive thing I've ever seen on a baseball field. Take me through that 04 season. And and when you're down 03, because you know, the rest of us watching you guys were like, there's no way you come back from that. You just, you just don't come back from it. And the fact that you won the first game, you won the second game, next thing you know, you you did something, you did the impossible. Take me through that 04 postseason, how unbelievable it was.
0: No, man, you know that the Yankees have a, I mean, they got thunders. They 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 basically have everything they need to win the whole thing that year. Matter of fact, that game three, the last game that we lost against, and it was like fireworks. Those guys were hitting miss, so they scored like, I can't remember, I think they, they scored like 18 runs, some crazy stuff like that. And reality is that Coming from behind, especially against the ball club that they have that year, was something that it was, I mean, yeah, I can tell you whatever now, but hey, that wasn't the that that wasn't what anyone expects, especially it never happened, especially in baseball. You know, coming back from from all and three, you know, and 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 uh but you know what? We had good chemistry going on in the ball club, we have good guys. We had guys with big heart. Um, We have a great manager, which was Terry Francona at the time, who always uh, had our back. And to be honest with you, it was a different feeling after we won the second one. Not the first one. The first one, yeah, everybody feels good. But once we won the second game, it was a different type of feeling. And our mojo... Went to a a whole totally different level. I can tell you that. I mean, we were feeling really good about ourselves. Matter of fact, when we went to play Game Seven in New York, I remember I had this friend that he's part of the media named Carmona from the Dominican. He say "Bro, before the game even begin, I tell you, I tell you what I see. I walk into the uh, Yankees clubhouse, and it looked like they were having a funeral right there, compared to." Your guys clubhouse. house. You guys were look like you guys were celebrating a, somebody's birthday. And I was like, well, momentum, they call that momentum. You know, when momentum take over, it's hard to stop. So I, I basically learned from that zero intrigue bouncing back that, you know, we faced a situation a couple of times where we had teams, uh, uh, we uh we were up like that year we played against the the San Luis Cardinals we swept them and then in 2007 when we won the the World Series again it was against Colorado and we swept them too but I, I tell you what once we get to the to the once we used to get to the third game and we were up man I'm telling you I used to take that so personal because in the back of my head, always I had that ghost chasing me about the Yankees serious when we bounced back and beat them after being zero and three. You know what I'm saying? I always have dreams about that. I always have nightmares about that, about, man, okay, we are three and all right now. We better finish these people up. Because I don't want to be facing the same situation that we faced against the Yankees that went under our favor. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it was pretty pretty much. I mean, I I I had never questioned anyone from the Yankees about what was their mentality when we got there. You know, you now you give me a talking point to ask A-Rod, but I had yeah. never had a conversation with him. But I I I, I would like to know. What we're going through, their mind. Once we get to that point that we tie the series,
1: uh, it it makes perfect sense because you're on the other side going, "What the hell we got to lose?" You know, exactly. seventy two hours ago we were packing our bags, ready to go home. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of when. Now all of a sudden we're on the verge of doing the impossible. And you did it. I, I remember just as a player at that time watching you guys in the postseason, I said this was this is the most unbelievable. If they win tonight, this is the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen. Because people that don't play the game, oh, it, it's an unbelievable comeback. But to be on that field, especially with a team as good as the Yankees, and to come back and do that, it just doesn't happen. That's and, right. and the fact that it happened, I I it, I remember watching it going, This is one one of the most unbelievable things I've I've ever seen. Absolutely. Uh, 05, 06, you had huge years. You lead the league in ribbies in, in 05, all-star silver slugger. You, you hit 54 Jackson in, in 06, 07, another great year. World series champion for the second time. Uh, and then on 13, you get to win a third one. It's like, it's like you have a miracle life big poppy go from the Dominican and don't know where you're coming getting released for the Minnesota twins and now all of a sudden you're on the verge of your third world series with a completely different group of guys I know that first one had to be pretty special because Boston had never won all of a sudden you won but I wouldn't assume they there's a bad world series ring that you got in your collection compare the three and how different they were different 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 guys, you were the constant in all three. I think you're the only one after going through all this. There were a couple guys that played in two of the World Series, got two rings, but I think you were the constant to win all three in Boston.
0: Well, I mean, do it in the same place is very special, you know, especially, you know, the history behind the Red Sox. Remember, 2004, we basically break the ice 86 years without winning a World Series. That was huge for the city. That was huge for the whole planet because it gets to the point where people are cheering for you. People just want you to break that ice. You know what I'm saying? And once we did it, especially the way we did it, it was it was even more uh, of a thing than, than, than just winning a World Series. You know what I'm saying? A lot of things, a lot of history, a lot of people were, you know, uh I heard, I heard so many stories you know that once once that happened, I basically commit myself to to be a Red Sox for life because it was so many wonderful history behind and story that people uh, was sharing with us in and, and 2007 was was something like okay, we already jumped in this wagon. Let's, let's, let's keep the line moving. You know what I'm saying? We had a team. Uh, our front office was doing phenomenal job, hiding players, doing this, doing that. I remember the 2006 season where I break the home run record for the Red Sox. I remember having a conversation with the front office about what we need because we ended up third or fourth, I think it was, in the division that year. Uh, uh, we need to go back in the old pages. Well, we got people used to be in the playoffs in 2003. And they said, nah, and I've been in the playoffs that year. That was, that was the big thing. So the front office regroup, put a team together. We won the world series the following season, 2007. That was huge. I had a really good season that year. And, uh, that, that, those are the things that really, uh, um, uh, uh, made me proud about my career. Every year that we win the World Series, I was coming in with a good season. You know, I was I was big part of what was cooking. And when we go to 2013, you know that bombing in Boston, that was something uh, unexpected. That was something that uh, uh, led in a scar on all of us because I'm already committed to that city. I was big part of that city. i i i I was the type of guy that i wasn't just a baseball player i was dealing with a lot of things in the community you know and i was i was very committed to it and going through it uh i remember they hand me the microphone to say something to the fans i was one of the guys that was there the longest and I, I, I speak my I, I, I talk about what I feel at the moment and I never know that I was gonna have the type of impact that that everybody have on that message delivered by myself but thanks God everything went down that way and the city recovered from that horrible uh, uh, attack that we all suffer where a lot of people end up uh being injured some other end of losing their life but it was it was something that we learned and at the end of the season we end up winning the World series that was something that it was like in a movie bad guy take over at the beginning but the good guy end up winning it all towards the end so that city of boston man is 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 something that in my life in general have been a game changer i would i i wish i can give them more than what i already did because that city made me a better player a better person uh a just basically got me better at everything i used to do what i do nowadays because it, it, it was the type of commitment that you don't know that you're going to walk into a commitment like that until you are in the middle of it. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes that's what yeah. I try to tell you, the young player nowadays. You don't know who you are getting married to until 10 years later.
1: You know what I'm <laughs> that's right. We'll find out <laughs> soon enough. A lot of you us. You know what I'm saying?
0: So uh, 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 I married to that city in a type of way that I can never let them down, even now that I'm retired. You know what I'm saying? Because they embraced me like that. And I don't even know that I, w- I was walking into that game, but I love it. And whatever I can do for that city or for any city in the United States, I will get it done because I uh, as a being an American citizen for a long time. That country had gave my family and myself an opportunity. And I will always appreciate that brother.
1: You know what's you know what's cool about that a, a lot of us you know we grow up and we go different paths and we play in different cities I I recently had Louis Tion on the show That's right and, and he sounded pretty similar to what you said when it came to him talking about Boston and what it meant to him his family and his life and it was really kind of moving what he was saying to me and he said it, it, but he said similar things to what you it was beyond special to him the city of Boston and how they took him in. And he, he, he told me all about it on the show, but
0: you're saying similar things. It's a life appreciation, man. Sometimes we take things for granted and that's when as a human, we made those type of mistake, you know, whatever show you low and embrace you and give you their best, you should give the, you should do the same thing, you know? And, and, and that city I was, I was lucky enough to be embraced by and being able to had the career that I have over there.
1: Uh, after 2016, you finished your career, 286, 541, 1,748 ribbies, 10 all-stars, Led the league. there's too many accolades. There's too many of them. Uh, Hall of Fame career, you got inducted in, in 2022. The number 34 will never be worn by anybody else in Boston ever again. Uh, but I was looking at this. You're an all-star your last year. 2016, I, I look at your numbers, and I said, shit, he led the league in ribbies. He hit 38 homers, hit 315, and he retired. Who
0: retires <laughs> after that year? I did because I was hurting everywhere. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's tough to walk away, man. You put up, I understand if, you know, you. I mean, those are kind of normal numbers in your heyday right there. But all of a sudden, at the very end, I could see if you, you know, you drove in, 72, you hit 18 homers, 267. Mm-hmm. Ah, big poppy, take it off into the, you know, take it off into retirement.
0: But you came off like a an MVP type year and you just took it to the house. And the most important thing, I have one more year left in my contract. I Unbelievable. I have like another 17, 20 million on my contract, but that's, that's, that's what I call loyalty, man. That's, I'm telling you what I just told you about Boston. I'm not just saying it. I'm that type of guy, you know. I know that my effort wasn't going to be the same following the the, uh, the following season. And it's because I was wear out. Like that season, yeah. I got prepared for that season to give my best. But I I I know I wasn't going to be able to do it again. So I know how much the fans expect from me on a daily basis what he was the thing that got the best out of me. But I can never stop being loyal, loyal to those fans. You know why? Because that's how they know me. So I wasn't just going to eat up a contract, playing one day, not playing another two. I I, I can't. Once I jump on that wagon, I I can never do it like that. So if I'm not going to be 100% in, I prefer not to play. And that was my case. I was having so many injury issues. The good thing it was that I, I was a DH. I don't have to deal with the playing on the field thing. That's why I was able to hit, but it's still, I was, I was suffering. I was going through, through my Achilles every time I had to get on base because for my bad luck, as I got older, I got better when it comes down to the strike zone. I, I, I would stay away from from not swinging a bad pitcher, so I would walk more, I would get on base more and and that wasn't gonna go under my favor because every time I get on base and I had to run, I would you know get sore get hurt pain would shows up. and that was one of the major reasons why I retired But my preparation, my my the way I used to look at things, the way I used to approach the game. I'm telling you, you never walk away from me.
1: That's pretty awesome. Uh, MOB on Fox now. I get to see you. Check it. You, you guys look like you have a good time on that show. Every time I see you guys, I got to see you. I, I, it, it was funny. I, I saw you walking. Uh, we caught up a little bit on the field at the All-Star game uh, this year. But I saw you guys walking to to do your show. And it was like, it was like the uh, – uh, what's the name of the, I, I don't know that movie. It was like, here comes, here comes Big Poppy and A-Rod and Jeter going to the <laughs> set. <laughs> I shook your hand on the way by, but it was fine. But you guys look like you have a good time doing that show.
0: How's your, new, how's your new partner? How's Jeter doing? Is he, are, are you letting him in the mix? Oh man, I'm telling you, Jeter is great, man. Hey, I, I always respect uh, Jeter. But now that we're spending time together, I even love him more because the guy is lovely, man. He's very respectful, very yeah. friendly. He's a guy who who, you want him to do well because he's such a great human being. He's a family guy. He, he brings his wife and kids around. I mean, it, he's the Jitter that everybody would love to see, you know. And it's fun because I'm a trash talker. I, you know, you have a philanthropy right there to my, uh, to my right, which is Era And then now I have DJ in the other side, which is like his personality. Uh, uh, he allow you to do things with him on a such a, on a such a funny way. I don't know if you saw when I handed him the, uh, the Red Sox jersey the other day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are the type of things that I like to do, you know, so our show doesn't get to be boring. People always want to watch our show because besides talking about the business and getting into the business the way it's supposed to be, we also have fun. And that's what life is all about. I mean, we had a great team over there. We had our producer, Bardia and Kapler, the guys behind the scene who helped us out with everything. We also have... Uh, Kevin Bernhardt, I mean, that guy is absolutely the best. You know, Kevin always, you know, passing the ball around us. I mean, it'll get no better, man. I love that team and we always on the search to do better, to do well, you know, hope each other out with whatever, you know, a passing passed me information, Derek, now that he's new with us, same thing, I mean, it's the same thing that we do in baseball. When you had a good team running, whoever comes in, I just insult to continue winning. That's exactly how it goes down there.
1: The the right and and a couple of things, and I'll let you go. Uh, the rivalry, the Boston Yankee rivalry, in in our time playing in that early two thousand, there was nothing like it. Uh, and I wasn't even a part of it, but I was just a player that played mm-hmm. against you guys all year. But we'd all, as players, the players that didn't play for the Yankees in Boston, we'd watch that game on Sunday Night Baseball, because <laughs> it was that electric. It was That's it right. was a cool time to be a Yankee. It was a cool time to be a Red Sox. That's right. And I could only imagine it had to be so much fun because people ask me about the Yankees all the time because I had a couple heartbreak postseasons in, the, in Yankee Stadium where they where they got us. They got my Braves. They got my Mariners. So I have some, some tough feelings going to Yankee Stadium. But I always tell the the, the fans that ask, I said, you know, because I always say right out, I hate Yankees. I hate the Yankees. You know, my brother's a manager there now. That's right. You like the Yankees? I said, I'm forced to like them now because because I got to pull for Aaron. You've got family now there. Right. But in reality, I respected the hell out of those teams and, and the men that, that did what they did in New York. Uh, didn't mean I like going in there and getting whooped, but I definitely had a respect level for them. You were right in the heat of it with Boston. How cool was it, and did it change after 04 when you finally won that first World Series?
0: Well, everybody, it's not a secret for anyone that the Yankees is a team that have uh, uh, the biggest history uh, throughout the whole, you know, baseball and the Yankees always, uh, since I remember, used to be the team that have the money to hire the best player so they can just go out there and whoop everybody. So being said, every time you're going to go and play against the Yankees, you know that you got to bring your Superman cap home uh, so you can survive in that jungle. Because just just walking into Yankee Stadium, I remember in my Minnesota days, it was a little scary because you playing basically against the best scene on earth. So once I got to Boston, things changed a little. Now I can see you. Now I had to play against you more often. Now I get to know you more often. Now I face you more often. So now I gotta make up my mind. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I always tell people this. The reason why I respect the Yankees so much is because they got the best out of me. Whoever and however get the best out of me, I always have mad respect for it. And that's what they did. They challenged me. They got the best out of me. They had the best players playing for them, more likely every year. So you know that to compete against the best, you got to get ready. And that's what the rival, that's why I used to love the rival because it was no other way to look at it. You get ready because you're gonna fight against King Kong, and you know that King Kong and playing. And once you beat King Kong, you can basically look at yourself like uh you know one of those guys. Right, and King King Kong knows you beat him.
1: That's right. Um, you know, it's it's different right now. I mean, back then it was Yankees Boston. Who's going to win? Who's going to go to the postseason? Who's going to win? You know, have a chance to win the World Series. That division's kind of changing right now. We got Baltimore out of nowhere at the top of the division. Tampa Bay's become tough, man. They have been dominating year that
0: division for a while. Year
1: after year after year. Toronto's <laughs> good. It's an, ex- it's an exciting offense to watch. They can pitch a little bit too now with Gosman at the top of that rotation for the first time and I think a lot of years Yankees, Boston. They've been trading spots, fourth and fifth in the division. Now, it's it's the way it's set up and the way the postseason is set up. Mathematically, you could have four teams come out of the East. You can't mm-hmm. have five, but you can have four. That's right. I, I keep my eye on it, obviously, for, for Aaron's reasons, and, and I pull for my brother in a way. I still got to be honest, though, as an analyst when I say, what kind of team are you dealing with? When you look at these two teams, Boston and New York, this year, do you see any any one of them able to grab a, a wild card? Because the division's pretty much done at this point.
0: Well, <clears throat> when you think about what Tampa is doing and Baltimore coming out of nowhere, that says a lot about that division. But if you look at the records, yeah, the record they're all over five hundred. Right, right. The, the record is not bad. That tells you that the division is tough. It has got tough. You know what I'm saying? And the other teams have got better. Because the thing is, the problem that the Red Sox and and the Yankees have is they have no room for revenue. They have no room to spend money because they already have guys that they are paying big money. Some of them are injured. Some others are not having a good season. What can you do about it? Either trade, if you can trade them, Otherwise you have to eat their salary. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So they are in the tough spot. I mean, look at the trading line just happened and it wasn't big, big move, move. and and neither of the team. You know what I'm saying? So that's those are the things that people need to understand. This big market team, when they commit themselves with players, they don't have much room to be doing trade. Because if I have a guy that I'm paying 30 million to it and he's not having a good season, it's hard for me to trade him, to trade him, because I'm, the other team know that they're going to have to be part of the salary, and they probably not going to get what they expect from the guy. You know what I'm saying? And I said right now, to be honest with you, the the way you have you have Tampa and Baltimore giving everybody a hard time, and then you have the Blue Jay that whenever you get wear out from the other two teams, they come and finish you up. So, right, they are in a tough spot right now.
1: I I look at it this way: I you, you look at it, I think, in the, in the West, Texas and Houston are going to go to the postseason. Then you got Seattle in third place, they got some good young pitchers. they're going to so be fast,
0: big- my friend. Not so fast. What do you think? Make a move that you need to pay attention to it. Okay, go ahead. That Ben Lander going back to Houston, right. Mm that it's gonna be dangerous
1: in a positive way for the Astros.
0: Exactly. In the Yeah, because it's it's
1: right. It's like it's like the big brother coming
0: home. Coming home. He's he knows like, how he, to he, handle he, the business over there. Right. He I agree. He's good you. to go. Look out.
1: I agree with that because it's like okay. I look at the West and I go, the Rangers are gonna go to the postseason the Astros are going to go to the postseason. There's going to be one team come out of the Central. It's either going to be the Twins or the Indians. Then you got a chance for, there's three more spots, and they're either going to come from Toronto. You you got four teams, basically, I look. You got Toronto, you got Boston, you got the Yankees, and you got the Seattle Mariners for one spot. Who's it going to be out of those four?
0: Well, I'll tell you what. During the playoff, to me, playoff experience is huge. Yeah. And out of all the teams, the one that have playoff experience is Houston. Yeah. You know Houston, what I'm saying? So it's
1: gonna be tough.
0: We'll see how it play out. Texas is playing really well. I told uh, uh, I have a I have a good conversation during the the All Star game up in Seattle with uh, my boy the shortstop. Uh um, Seager? Seager. I was talking to Seager, and I told him, man, what is the secret about you guys? And I talked to Ubaldi also. You remember? Right. is Ubaldi.
1: having a big year.
0: Yeah. And Ubaldi basically told me, Papi, we got good chemistry right here. You know, most important thing, all the big boys are staying healthy, which is huge. But the good chemistry that they had going on there, is what you is, is basically what what is cooking everything. I mean, you have a monster like Garcia at the center field.
1: Ooh, that guy—he
0: came out of nowhere. Bro, listen for the he past got some couple of years, Woo. I've been watching that guy. That guy is the player that not many people mention. He's a freaking beast. He's a freak out there. He is. He ain't playing. And then you got Sigurd and you got your, my man at second base doing the damn thing. They are surrounded. They have the court, but they also have the younger players that have been surrounded by the court that they are getting the memo and they are getting things done properly. So I think this is, if, 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 I think they have a pretty good chance, to be honest with you. They have pretty good chance.
1: Last question You watching all the games today. Do you see a young big poppy? Do you see anybody out there in the game that says that he reminds me of me as a young player?
0: Oh yeah. Uh I would say uh my man from Houston. Uh, Alvarez. Alvarez. Alvarez remind me a lot of myself. That's a good,
1: that's a good call.
0: Yeah, Alvarez. And Rafael Dever, he he's a freak. He's a freak. I'm telling you, he, he can hit. Boy. He, he When he go out there, he got no hard feeling for no pictures. So he, when I see and I'm like, huh, The guy, man, he he got it going on. He got it. There's, there's a few guys over there. I talk a lot with uh, uh, Vladimir Jr. That's one of my kids. Uh, he called my uncle David. I talk to him a lot because he's a monster, too. Like, the talent in baseball nowadays is unbelievable. Very really athletic. Good. Oh, uh, man. Uh, there's a lot of guys out there that that consistently, they are doing the damn thing. It's fun. It's fun to watch.
1: Well, David Ortiz, this has been a pleasure, man. I appreciate you coming on the Boom Podcast, and uh, this is a good one. David Ortiz, one of the best to ever do it, and I mean that. One of the best to ever do it. In <laughs> all the years of getting beat by you and watching you, uh, a lot of fun as a baseball fan. but. Poppy, hey. thanks for everything. And for those out there, we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you very much, brother. Take care. 2400 Sports is an Odyssey
1: company.